0: Incorporating AI into your business can be a delicate balance between speed and intelligence. That's why you might want to consider the Claude 3 family models from Anthropic for your enterprise AI. Haiku is their light and fast model, Opus is their most powerful model capable of high order thinking, and Sonnet is the best combination of both speed and intelligence. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart Your Genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator.
0: Hi, everyone, from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network, this is The Nanny with 100% more babysitting to do. Just kidding. This is On with Kara Swisher, and I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Naima Raza, and
1: babysitting tech CEOs and more, that's what we do on this podcast, <laughs> isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in this case, we're just referring to Fran Drescher, who is the head of SAG, which is also striking along with the Writers' uh, Union in Hollywood. So we're talking to her today. Yeah. She's our
1: guest today, the actress and comedian who has made famous from The Nanny. Yeah, she's been in a lot of things, but the nanny is what
0: she's she really got famous for, which was a long running series in the old times in the in the (laughs) The olden days. Tell us, Kara, what was it like? Well, it was you know she made a lot of money in a series. Mm -hmm. It was a very popular series when the networks ran the show and Mm -hmm. uh, ran everything, and that's where you that's where you went to make a lot of money and a lot of fame, whether it was Mm -hmm. friends or the nanny or tons and tons of sitcoms like days of sitcom television. Yeah, and her most impassioned role of
1: late has been, I guess, more of a documentary one as Mm -hmm. president of SAG-AFTRA, the union of actors who've joined my union, the Writers Guild of America, in a strike Mm -hmm.
0: last week. Yeah. That speech that she gave last week. Yeah, it was something. That was something. That was the nanny very pissed off at the kids. Uh, <laughs> she, she, it was interesting. It was, it, I would say it's emotional, but at the very mm-hmm. end she gave a little smile. So I'm like, oh, she's an actor. <laughs> like I forgot. Um, but it was very impassioned. But it seemed she was, authentic it did. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. She was speaking to the base. Um, mm-hmm. She was talking, she was trying to get people fired up. She was sending a warning, a very large warning shot to the studios. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's strategy and emotion here and the use of emotion in strategy. And I want to talk to her about that, obviously. Yeah. The most memorable moment
1: for me was that when she's saying what are we doing here? We're, I can't yeah. do Fran Drescher's voice but no, imagine no. it's her voice
0: she said, what yeah. are we doing here? Are we moving around furniture on the Titanic? Yeah, I know she had a lot yeah. of colorful phrases including yes. a leck and a schmeck I don't even know what that <laughs> was uh, <laughs> you know, in an answer that was in the Q&A later uh, yeah. you know she's she's using all her skills as an actor mm-hmm. to really get people going and that's required here because this is going to be a long slog. You know the Titanic being she was referencing this
1: very broken business model of Hollywood <laughs> which both mm-hmm. sides are saying the executives yes. are saying the model is broken. Thing. Actors and writers are saying the model is broken. Different solutions in play, I would say, mm-hmm. from each side. I don't think there's any solutions in play. I think they're all <laughs> sort of doing their, you know, their chest thumping, that kind of stuff. Well, it's really hard to get clear reporting on this. I think some of the best reporting is actually happening from the trades, right? Hollywood Reporter, some Deadline, them, yeah. et cetera. Mm-hmm. But SAG-AFTRA and the AMP. TP, which is the Association of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which is the networks and the studios, they dispute kind of every single detail of how the talks are going down.
0: Yeah. Well, I I was reading the two press releases. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of little stuff, but really what's important is just really, I think one thing, which is the economics, uh, the residuals and the, at least for the actors, uh, residuals and raises. That's really Yes. I think AI
1: is also a big issue. I know you've Mm -hmm. said, you've kind of waved your hand and said, well, this is going to happen, what's coming, whether you like it or not. But I don't think we could know now. And I think them yelling about it is a lot of hand-waving on both sides. I think one of the real deal points here is that in what the AMPTP had sent to SAG-AFTRA and its first proposal um, was that Actors would show up, like day rate actors, extras, whomever, and then you'd be able to use their name and likeness in perpetuity without additional compensation or consent. And that is problematic. That's because background of actors, course,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's already yeah, happened.
1: But, it's already happened on uh, Ted Lasso
0: with the crowds. Of course. And that's so, a
1: problem because yeah. how you get paid in these guilds, mm-hmm. how you get paid affects your ability to hit your minimums, how you hit your minimums affects your ability to have health insurance. And so right. the idea that just because you showed up for one day of work and maybe they give you 110%. Yeah, that's percent, one, of, that's one you know, of the things.
0: It might be an opening bid. I don't know. I think we're super early stages. I've been mm-hmm. talking to people all week on all sides of this and yes. people think January. Yeah. I, I think that might even be early. Yeah. The latest breakdown, the um,
1: sag After representatives have been saying that that the producers weren't showing up at the table for negotiations Mm -hmm. or that they referenced something around, you know, you got to show up in a civilized manner
0: and Mm -hmm. not strike, which
1: has incensed the guild. Yeah, I think, you know.
0: Look, when there's union negotiations, teamster negotiations, this Mm -hmm. is sort of part of the playbook. It's just more dramatic here because it's writers and actors. But, you know, this is how these things work, these negotiations work. I don't suspect they'll go to the table at all. I think the producers aren't united, by the way. Netflix has very different interests than... Uh then the tech companies, uh mm-hmm. they don't have any particular incentive to settle and the, the studios are bleeding money and having a real yeah. economic trouble as you can just look at the numbers very yeah. simply. The the studios, the T V the television guys will
1: at some point break with the technology people.
0: Right. They have to. They have, they're they have. they not, nobody has the same interests among the producers yeah. and a lot of way the actors. Um, and mm-hmm. we'll be talking about that because it's yeah. a different world. And obviously stars always have leverage um, and the middle people don't and the background people have even less so and eventually will be, you know, they, they do want to make them gig workers. They uh, Those people they do. They want to make everyone gig workers. No, no, they don't want to make Brad Pitt a gig worker, yeah. but they certainly, the background people are expensive. You know, if yeah. you're looking to cut costs, That's what happens, unfortunately.
1: Well, we've been discussing this on our podcast and the context of several episodes, you and I Mm -hmm. disagreeing on this, but you've also chatted about it on your other podcast, Pivot, Mm -hmm. where you're not saddled with a, Union member, a guild yeah, member. Yeah, you are a union.
0: You have an interest <laughs> in union I do member, not. disclosing.
1: The, you and your co host there, Scott Galloway, have been quite skeptical. And Scott, in particular, has been sca- skeptical of the complaints I think you have too about executive pay in particular. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I'm not skeptical. It's just stock based. So mm-hmm. maybe they should take some stock. I don't know. Yeah. It's just some of these people get ridiculous amounts of money. Look, David Zasl's yes. salary is insane. But, you know, looking, look, look Bob is the one they're attacking right now. It's mostly stock. Like mm-hmm. maybe you shouldn't give them that much stock. That's a whole other discussion. I just I think know, it's. That's it's, kind of up to shareholders, and that's correct. Yeah, but it's it's stock based, it's performance based. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know what to say. The you stock know, is I mean,
1: down under Bob, right?
0: Yeah, it's not that bad, but not great. But I think
1: some of the solution actually isn't. My experience, having worked with you know networks and studios and um, distributors before, is actually you know your top executives are there's a lot that's happening with them. They're doing, mm-hmm. they're, they're doing a lot to get stuff made and, and green light. Mm-hmm. And I understand the job and that is the competitive salary for a studio executive. I do think there are a lot of kind of middle management and you, you'll get sure. on a call as a, as a writer, producer or whatever, and you'll mm-hmm. get on a call with lawyers and they will be like
0: 30 lawyers, you know? No, I get it. I get it. I've been in those meetings and I'm often looking yeah. at people and going, why am I talking to you? And then I leave, like, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. This is not a fresh new problem. But yes, yeah, yeah sure. There's always been executives and, you know, we'll see. I Everybody has their side. I do think writers and actors deserve more of it. I've always maintained, and I've talked to a lot of people from the very top um, mm-hmm. to the very bottom. I was like, you need to be like startups. You need to own a piece of the pie. You do, yeah, absolutely do. They don't like risk as much, just the way journalists don't like risk as much.
1: Well, actually we like they risk, did. but there is a problem, which is that there is no more pie when you're buying mm-hmm. outright with some of these Netflix deals, right? The waterfalls are such that it's hard to make money on right. the percentages. But I'm saying, yeah, so. I thought it should have changed a long time
0: ago. Yes. They, that, you know, they were very, at one point I called some a very big television creator. I said, you're an overpaid employee is what mm-hmm. it looks like to me. And, you know, he was asking why the Instagram creator got billions of dollars I said because yeah. he owned it I don't know what to say that's the way it is up there versus mm-hmm. here and there's downsides to that too there's risk taking yeah. there's all kinds of stuff so it's 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 a complex topic and I hope she'll really address it instead of uh saying you know Titanic maybe or she'll jig address is up. it <laughs> the jig is she up that's, that, a, that's she, a lie she, that's gonna be her campaign slogan I
1: think she's running for office after, after I said what do you think so the jig is up we well, gotta ask her about that yeah. yes I do let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Fran Drescher
0: Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power the collaboration for teams to accomplish what could otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Support for On With Kara Swisher comes from NerdWallet. You don't have to be a genius to start making better financial decisions today. It's not that sexy, but piling up lots of little monetary victories today can yield some pretty significant rewards down the line. The tricky part is knowing where to start. NerdWallet can help. Their financial experts have helped countless people find new ways to maximize every dollar they earn. Now the team is helping folks get more from every dollar they spend. NerdWall lets you compare top travel credits side by side to maximize your spending, some even offering up to 10 times the points on every dollar you charge. Their expert team of nerds did the work reviewing top credit cards so you can trust that you have the smartest one for future you. If I had better rewards right now, I would probably travel to Hawaii and be sitting on a beach and not talking into this microphone right now. I would be enjoying a Mai Tai, possibly swimming. Doubtful I would be surfing, but I would spend them all there. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. welcome Fran. You've had a busy week, I suspect. Um, just FYI, you can say the line, the jig is up three times. So be careful of when you want to use it, but please feel free to use it. I really I actually enjoy that uh, tagline that you're using. And I also enjoyed your Titanic reference. Um, but speaking of Titanic, why did you want to be president of the Guild <laughs> in the first place at such a turbulent time when the economics are changing so drastically from when
2: you had a hit show? Well, it's It wasn't something that I was chasing, but I do live by life unfolding, which I think is a healthier way to live than Mm -hmm. always trying to pursue something that's just out of your grasp. And so this was presented to me Mm -hmm. and I gave it some long and hard consideration. I shouldn't say long because they rarely say, we have to know in like three days Mm -hmm. And I said, well, let me just think about it uh, because I knew it was going to be a major commitment. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it was an opportunity for me because all of my individual accomplishments throughout my career Mm -hmm. can be focused on this job and allow me to... Um, you know, help this union and bring everything that I've worked so hard at into mm-hmm. fruition in this one defining moment. Mm-hmm. Did I know where there was going to be a strike? No. Uh, did I know how dysfunctional the union was and how much it was like a microcosm of everything that's wrong with our uber-partisan Congress? No. But I did say that I think I might be more radical mm-hmm. than the um party that was recruiting me. Right. And so they, they
0: they they recruited you. They why yes.
2: why you? Were you had you been an activist or well, in other fields. Yes, mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. you know, I mean I I got a bill passed in Washington by unanimous consent. Mm-hmm. I was appointed public diplomacy envoy for the U.S. State Department. I created and executive produced The Nanny. Mm-hmm. I founded a nonprofit. I've yeah. written to New York Times bestsellers. I'm a public speaker. I mean, for a myriad of reasons, I qualified right. for the job. Right. Oh, I don't think you're not qualified. I'm just curious why they well, came to you. Well, you know, pre- that's part of it. Yeah, they yeah. actually went to, Rosie O'Donnell at first, or maybe, I don't know, maybe 10th. I have no idea how many people till I ended up with the opportunity. But when they asked Rosie if this would be something that she would be interested in, and clearly they were going after somebody that would elevate the union through by leveraging their celebrity, high profile, I should say. Right. Uh, she said, it's not for me. But I know who would be great at it. She's the smartest woman I know. And uh, go talk to Fran Drescher. And Mm -hmm. that was when I got the call that, you know, changed everything. All right. Let's get to the lead up to the strike, the first
0: in 63 years of both the unions and the very important issues you're discussing. You said in your press conference that you went in earnest to negotiations and you did sound positive
2: at the start. Why was that? Well, because we started with peripheral issues, and I think that in hindsight, that was by design on -hmm. their part. They kind Mm -hmm. of lumped together different things, and they said, can we deal with this chunk first? Uh, To us, it feels like they're all a little related to each other, Mm -hmm. and let's just start here. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to have to get through everything. And Duncan made a point of saying, you Explain know. Explain who Duncan is. Duncan Crabtree, Ireland, is our national executive director and mm-hmm. also our chief negotiator. And he and I worked together mm-hmm. uh, running the union. What So what he said, what about he that? He said, going please around the don't underestimate perfect- our resolve. It's, well, you know, there are core issues here that are not going to go away and that we're not going to walk away from. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we started with some of these peripheral things and felt like we were making headway. Mm-hmm. Animal safety, I saw some, of a couple, of little uh, even and big that things. That came a little bit, you know, that was a l- oddly a little bit of a push. But that was when I felt, okay, well, we're at least moving. It's a give and take and it's working. Mm-hmm. And I felt somewhat optimistic, but then, as we whittled away and got closer and closer to the core issues, mm-hmm. uh, the deal breakers, we were really stonewalled, or we got back so little that mm-hmm. it was insulting. What specifically happened when you say stonewalled? They just didn't—they uh, didn't return your calls, or they walked out. That was during the extension. You know, they gave us a very, you know, an unusually small window, the -hmm. smallest window we've ever had to negotiate a very large contract that represents a lot of different career paths. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by the time the contract ran out on June 30th, we felt, you know, let's see if we can overt a strike. Nobody wants a strike. It's just we're at that breaking point where if we don't get a contract that respects Mm -hmm. and honors us, we're going to have to strike. Okay, but in earnest, let's extend Uh, the longest extension that we've ever given in any Mm -hmm. negotiation. That was when they kept canceling our negotiating appointments and locked themselves behind closed doors. And I kind of thought, well, maybe they're duking it out. Maybe there are people in there fighting for us. Let's Mm -hmm. make a deal. Other people, you know, not wanting to. And then when they finally um, surfaced, they really had nothing I mean it was like shocking. What were you canceling over? What was going on there? And right. I think in a way we might have been duped so that they could buy because du- du- they deny that they did that. They deny Whatever. that they Meanwhile they got another week out of us to promote their summer movies, okay? And and they had the nerve when the extension expired that they wanted us to extend again and I said after that lousy performance you gave us, are you yeah, crazy? Yeah, no. So right, no, right. that we, we had to talk our members into uh, extending then, but we really mm-hmm. wanted to be able to feel like we had left no stone unturned, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was what we did. Were you speaking with the WGA
0: during the breakdown in negotiations? Did that impact your decision?
2: Um, I think Duncan was in conversations with them. I do not think that impacted our decision whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy for them that they have this kind of renewed energy because they've been walking the picket lines for over two months. But, um, you know, we complement each other. We uh, are not the same. Uh, We have different needs. You do. And, uh, you know, we try and individually go for the best contract that we can. And well, neither one of us won't, were willing to sell out this time but right. at all. OK, so I want to play a clip to get into this, because the one thing that struck
0: me in this stem winder of a press conference that you gave um, uh, is is the tone that you had uh, of, of indignation. So now, I think they aren't well-meaning people, so that corporations should have been well-meaning. Let's play this clip first.
2: And so it came with... Great sadness that we came to this crossroads, but we had no choice. We are the victims here. We are being victimized by a very greedy entity. I am shocked by the way the people that we have been in business with are treating us. I cannot believe it quite frankly. How far apart we are on so many things. How they plead poverty, that they're losing money left and right when giving hundreds of millions of dollars to their CEO's.
0: This is quite a speech, this whole speech. That was just one part of it. But loaded words, victim. At the end of that, you said it's disgusting. You brought in Wall Street and greedy entity. You know, you're not unsophisticated people when dealing with these. You have lawyers and agents. What's the strategy here to focus in on that? Is this directed at your own troops or the general public? How did you think
2: going into this this very uh, I did not know speech? I was going to make a speech? Uh-huh. They had teleprompters and something typed. I glanced down at it and I said, I have to speak from the heart. And our uh, chief of communication said, You do whatever is good for you. And that just came out of my mouth. All of that just came out of my mouth. So, you know, I, I live my life differently. I've been in leadership, I'm a boss, I employ people but always with respect and honor. Mm -hmm. This is the way I just am. I come from a very humble and provincial background. When Mm -hmm. I was a small child, my dad worked two jobs. So, you know, to me, you honor the people that work for you. Mm -hmm. You make them feel respected. You give them a piece of the pie. So it's not this mentality of, mm-hmm. you know, marginalizing you and squeezing you out of every last time. Mm-hmm. I looked at those people across the table and I thought, what is this business you are in? It's how do you sleep nights? Your whole job is to screw us
0: when so we are the
2: foundation su- of
0: your business. You talked about that you, may, you were supposed to be the center of the wheel. Let me. Were you surprised though, in terms of that having been the boss, having been in Hollywood? You're not an ingenue who doesn't understand this. So this, where does it, you were surprised by this, this kind of attitude that you didn't think they thought that of you? Presumably correct.
2: Oh, not that they didn't think they thought it of me, mm-hmm. uh, but that they thought that this wasn't going to be a seminal negotiation when the industry has changed so dramatically. Right, right. You know, all of these AI and streaming Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. digital, all of it. So I was surprised that they gave us so much pushback when to me, it makes perfect sense that if you're gonna change the business model, Where's the big surprise that the contract has to change, too? We're dealing with a contract that structure was created in 1960.
0: Yeah. It's a different industry. So one of the things that you did zone it's in on is inequ- world. It's a different world. It is indeed. You uh, we were talking about inequity. Let me read a quote from Laney Gossip, which is one side of this. They're not here to negotiate in good faith and work towards a solution where everyone gets their piece of the pie. They want the whole pie. They want the pie shop. They want to turn screenwriting into Uber and acting into DoorDash. The end goal is for Hollywood to become a strict gig economy where labor is reduced to on-demand services for pennies, yet corporations and the men who run them. Get even richer as everyone else starves around them. Um, react to that quote first. What, what do you think, what they're saying, do you think they want to turn screenwriting into Uber and acting into DoorDash and make you all gig workers or a lot of you gig workers?
2: I think that the the bottom line in what is a collaborative art form mm-hmm. is getting more um, shareholder money, Mm-hmm. By getting more subscribers. Mm-hmm. That's at the core what the issue is. And then you've got the CEO that gets massive bonuses with the shareholder you know success. So it's very tied in with Wall Street and it it has turned its back on the creative people that are foundational to the business. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I can't really speak to if we're all going to be, you know, I don't, I, that's not my vernacular. Mm-hmm. Um, all I can say is that we s- stand at a time when big business feels like it's okay To uh, marginalize people and systematically squeeze them out of their livelihood while those at the top are fat cats and the uh, people that are the shareholders and major and minor investors are also getting rich off of the backs of the people that actually are the product. Doing the work. And to me... I would never think that way. I would have the courage to walk into, and character, I might add, to walk into the boardroom and say, this is wrong. This is not the way to build an empire. This is Mm -hmm. unsustainable. They are so key to who we are and what this business is, it behooves us to be inclusive and make them happy. And I have proved that as an executive producer, Uh, you know, and as an employer over and
0: over again. So you made uh, this about a bigger labor struggle uh, and cast it as this worker plutocrat fight. Um, Let's play this clip when I thought it was very
2: uh, important what you said. The eyes of the world, and particularly the eyes of labor, are upon us. What happens here is important, because what's happening to us is happening across all fields of labor. By means of when employers make Wall Street and greed their priority, and they forget about the essential contributors that make the machine run so talk
0: about that because it's an emotional appeal it's a class it's a class appeal it's a financial appeal. sometimes these things can backfire How, how do you think about using that
2: well I It is what it is. There's Mm -hmm. not sometimes these things can backfire. I'm not manipulating anything. It's really obvious what's happening and it's happening everywhere. Mm -hmm. I was in Santa Monica and there was a little box on wheels delivering stuff. And I thought to myself, that used to be a person on a bicycle. Did. What happened to that person? When I make a uh, an airline reservation, you know, I, ha- I have to, I'm going through this com- robot all the time. And mm-hmm. I keep saying, I want to speak to a person. I want to speak to a person mm-hmm. until it, you know, I finally get to a human being and nine out of 10 times, they're not even American. When I get an American, and they're real, you know, I find them to be excellent at what they do. And the company should hire more of them. But I think that this is something that's happening everywhere. And, you know, it's like the frog in the water. You're mm-hmm. not even realizing that in uh, before we know it, we're cooked.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about the the pay of the executives, talk to me about wh- why that, I, I get why you're doing it. In the case of, you use, for example, Bob Iger of Disney as an example. Um, most of his, his compensation of that 27 million is, in, is stock grants based on performance. And you're saying he is That's trying That's a
2: conflict to, of interest.
0: You Tell me why that is. Tell me, and because should should actors own stock so that they're all in the same boat? That way, the way startups in Silicon Valley do, they are all in the same boat in that regard.
2: First of all, nobody that makes seventy eight thousand dollars a day should mm-hmm. talk to us about what's realistic. That's mm-hmm. the first order of business. The second thing is when it's his fortune is tied so heavily to that, uh, you know, stock performance, then. How does it should be tied to how, you know, who, how he runs the company, Mm -hmm. what the general psyche of the company and the feeling of everybody in it is, but that's not it. So he is being also like, he's a certain type of personality Mm -hmm. that is going to put his own personal wealth and ambitions over doing the right thing. Mm-hmm, do the is, right thing. You, how much money do you need? You're going to be the richest one. Isn't that enough without taking the food off the table of the journeyman performer? It's like, I don't even know who so, these people are so you, or how do, they uh, think. The reason,
0: the reason I'm asking this is, do you think actors and writers should own parts of these companies the way startups in Silicon Valley do? Everyone owns the company there.
2: It's a risk or not. I think that our new structure with this new business model should be tied to subscriptions. Okay. I, for me, the stock market should have a big casino sign above it with flashing mm-hmm. lights. That's not my jam. But if the business model that has so significantly changed our industry is Mm -hmm. tied so heavily to subscribers, then we need in on that pocket.
0: Right. In that particular day. And we'll
2: figure out who gets what. Right. But we're building this platform and all they want to do is keep looking at the pocket that they keep reducing, reducing, reducing. The residuals,
0: residuals, which they were getting before.
2: Residuals based off of much shorter episodics, much shorter series uh, seasons, and no tail, no Mm -hmm. syndication, no nothing. It's not the place to really have a meaningful bargain.
0: We'll be back in a minute. Support for this show comes from Virgin Atlantic. Travel can be stressful. I don't think that's a controversial take. Sure, we all love taking a vacation and that moment we finally get a chance to relax, but we're always so focused on the destination that the journey just feels like a means to an end. Well, what if it wasn't? What if the time you spent getting there was just as enjoyable as the vacation itself? That's what Virgin Atlantic believes. That's why they offer loads of special extra touches that make your trip one to remember for all the best reasons. Picture this. You've made it to the airport, checked in your bags, and finally have a moment to settle in before takeoff. If you're flying upper class, you could be putting your feet up in a Virgin Atlantic clubhouse at London Heathrow with food made fresh to order and champagne delivered straight to your table with a tap of a QR code. I mean, it's rude not to, right? Once you're in the air, the experience continues with deliciously different dining, seriously comfy seats, and the best crew in the sky by miles. Check out virginatlantic.com for your next trip and see the world differently. Support for this show comes from Ramp. Are you overwhelmed with managing your business expenses, vendor payments, and accounting? Is your finance software just not cutting it? Or maybe you're just looking to cut all that wasteful spending. Ramp could be a total game changer for you and your business. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spending. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Plus, Ramp is easy to use. You can get started, issue virtual and physical cards, and start making payments in less than 15 minutes, whether you have five employees or 5,000. Not only that, but Ramp can save you money. They estimated that businesses that use Ramp save an average of 5% the first year. And now you can get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to Ramp.com slash Cara. Ramp.com slash Kara. R-A-M-P slash Cara. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank. Members FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. So let's talk about this. I'd like you to stack rank the specifics of this three-year deal and the point you made, which is you cannot change the business model and not expect the contract to change too. Um, Let me do it first. I think the economics, residuals, and wage increases. The second is various working conditions. And the third for me is AI, which, because it's still unknown and we are not going to know the impact well beyond three years. How do you look at it? I would assume the economics are top of of your list.
2: You know, AI is a very serious concern. I don't think that there is, you know, a top. I think Mm -hmm. that er everything has to be dealt with and nothing can be neglected. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be a seminal negotiation and they're not going to want to do it because Mm -hmm. they want to give away ice in winter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all you get. And not even that much.
0: Okay, so let's start with the residuals, how to replace residuals, because that's really what's happening. And this would carry people. Well, we're not entirely
2: wanting to replace residuals. It's okay what it is. And we'd like the caps to be raised. But um, there isn't enough product and enough airings of it and enough tail to it to compare yes, what, what it was based off of.
0: right right people they netflix for example pays residuals but they're much smaller and they diminish over time much and quicker. we don't
2: have any transparency about right. how any they're coming it. up with these numbers we have to what believe them
0: yeah exactly i years ago i talked to the guy who ran uh, modern family he didn't get numbers and that was a big hit show but i'm curious what you made for the nanny can compare and contrast for today how would you look at that?
2: The nanny was the old business model, which actually very successfully shared the wealth with all the above the liners. And mm-hmm. um, each season, we might do 28 episodes in a season. Now you're right. lucky if you get 10. So that's two thirds less. Mm mm-hmm. We would go six, seven, nine, ten 10 seasons if a mm-hmm. show was considered successful. Now it's limited to three or four seasons. And then right. that's it. They came mm-hmm. up with the term limited series. Um, so the old model was predicated off of eyeballs and ad dollars. Mm-hmm. And as long as those two things were there, it stayed on the air. Longevity mm-hmm. was the name of the game. And after it ran on broadcast television, network TV, uh, then it went into syndication, it went on cable, it went around the world, mm-hmm. and it kept making money. Right. So whether you were a regular or a guest, it, mm-hmm. that didn't matter. You would always get a little residual in your mailbox, and that was the thing that kept people going. But why sure. did you get that residual? Because the... St- Studio kept making money.
0: You, are you still making money from the nanny
2: right now? Yes, or is that I am. Over?
0: You are, yeah, through residuals. Well,
2: I created it also, right. so that's a different kind of ownership. Is it on a streamer right now? It is. It's on Max. And
0: do you you get the old residuals, the same ones, even though it's on a streamer?
2: I I don't. You know, I have a different deal structure. I don't really get residuals. I get a piece of right, the, the sale. a piece of the
0: sale when they sold. So it.
2: every couple of years. You know, whoever they negotiate with, our parent company is Sony. And
0: whoever they get,
2: you get a piece of that.
0: Now, so SAG is now demanding 2% of the revenue generated by streamers. Is that correct? With an outside audit to guarantee transparency, which you just were
2: Actually, about. that was a proposal. Right, a proposal. With always the caveat that the amount wasn't mm-hmm. the issue, nor was the technique of how we did Mm -hmm. it wasn't Mm -hmm. the issue just come back to the table and let's talk about it because that's the pocket that is where you want to get into have a meaningful negotiation right and i even said when we called we initiated calls with some of the ceos in the 11th hour because we weren't getting anywhere with the negotiating team of the AMPTP. And they kept saying, you know, we don't, uh, we can't do that. We're Mm -hmm. producers and we don't have, uh, you know, a piece of that. So we can't give away what we don't have. And you know what it was like talking to Sam Drucker on Petticoat Junction? Mm -hmm. He took off this hat. He was the man. (laughs) He put on that hat. He was the postman. It was like, what?
0: That's a reference. Okay, okay. So, but but their argument (laughs) is that streaming, which they have to be in, they have to be in, is a money-losing business for most of them. Disney's losing billions. uh, Max is losing billions. Um, Most Paramount, certainly. They're all, the only one that's making money is Netflix at this point. Um, They're saying there's no profits, at least for a while, and not in the form of real money. Uh, And again, the only value is created through stock increases because they're doing this. What what would be acceptable for you to get in that subscription pocket? How are you looking at that?
2: You know, I think that we would be happy with just getting a piece of each subscriber, even if it's Mm -hmm. a half a point Mm -hmm. and then we'll divide it up as we see fit. And that would create a whole different, instead of us um, you know, trickling down into a career that no longer is sustainable, mm-hmm. our union would be able to flourish. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I had a meeting with the CEO of the NFLPA. Explain what that is. Oh, that's for the uh, that's like us. It's mm-hmm. the L- labor association for mm-hmm. the NFL players.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And Dee uh, said to me, you know, we figured out a way to make more revenue mm-hmm. and getting into the appropriate pocket for this business model. So what so should it be part of revenues I you know, or profits?
0: I, I'm just curious because revenues seems, if they're not making money, they're going to lose even more money giving you money.
2: Well, it's always revenues. Mm-hmm. Revenue uh, sharing. That's it every, you know, there's money there. People are making money. They just don't want to give us our piece of that, even though they're building their entire platform on our
0: backs. Right. So, so you don't, you don't think you need to share in the risk of losing money in that regard. That's their argument. I'm just parroting their argument.
2: (laughs) Um, I think that we need to get if you if there's a subscribe look, it's like any other business. Right. You have a bottega on the corner, mm-hmm. you have rent to pay, you have merchandise to pay for, and then you go out and you try and sell to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's what the average business model is. You pay for everything. We have to be factored into however they chop up that pie. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Netflix said, well, 80% goes to production. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, have one less flying dragon and mm-hmm. give it to the performers.
0: <laughs> one less flying dragon. So what the other one is le- the increases in wages. Uh, you've asked for 11. And directors, I know you've discussed this, went for 5%, going to 3%. Um, why that much? And they've offered, I guess, background players of that increase, but not everybody. I know there's We've, no pattern bargaining. I get it. But what is the reason for that?
2: Well, we need to catch up to inflation. So, with the 5% in real money, we won't be making what we made in 2020. And this is supposed to sustain us till 2026. Mm -hmm. I can't go to these working people with that deal. I mean, I'm even trying to understand why the directors Mm -hmm. agreed to that. And then I'm watching all these directors selling their movies on TV. And I'm thinking, well, maybe they wanted to close for fear that we were going to go on strike. And at least they could still go out and sell their movies. I don't know. But don't know. to me, it's a sellout. And I got an email from a director friend of mine who's part of, I guess they divide their union into pods. And there's a pod leader. The pod leader sent out to his pod my speech mm-hmm. and said, this is the way real leadership puts it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So them, I think selling. that they're beginning, subsequent to us going on strike and seeing how much energy is happening now because it mm-hmm. has awakened a global labor movement they're kind of yep. left behind okay. with five percent. okay so, you know, so you're, cool gonna that, you're gonna stick with that
0: you're gonna stick with that 11 percent.
2: otherwise we're losing money. otherwise you're losing money. okay we need to catch up to inflation. okay so AI and this is for the base salaries these right. are for the people that make what's considered in the outside world minimum wage.
0: Okay. All right. So AI, uh, you said is very important to you. Actors, like unlike writers, don't want to ban AI. They want consent and also profit. Um, studios are offering a version of that that you had talked about previously. I, I still wonder if you think there can be agreement when so much is uncertain and nothing can be quite guaranteed at this moment, because I don't think they know and I don't think you know where it's going but you want this in place now. Well, they
2: definitely don't know. They don't even know where streaming's going, and yet they dived in head first without any concern about any kind of recourse. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that gives us all the more reason. They keep saying, we don't know. We haven't made that. So it's like, so what? You want me to trust you with AI now technology Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that you can dig yourself a deeper hole and pull Mm -hmm. us down with you? Forget about it. It must... Have barricades put around it, and, and what would those in, be?
0: What is your top barricade that you want? Is that if they use your license, they pay you consent
2: and payment payment consent when it's every every payment. time it's used,
0: every time and it's used.
2: Consent and payment, yes, because otherwise we're going to be, you know, that we don't even know we're, and it's not just me; it's you, mm-hmm. it's everybody. No, I'm more. Can mm-hmm. be replaced. What right. happens here is significant because the eyes of the world are watching. Right. I right. don't know what it is about this species mm-hmm. that feels like it's okay to get rid of human beings, and and willy nilly, and not with any long vision of how it's going to impact people. It's just like accepted. Yeah. Right. Well, well it, did
0: happen, were, it, it did happen. It it did happening in farming. It meant when it mechanized. It happened in manufacturing. It's happening. Farming
2: happened. is in the crapper. Yeah, we, no, I get uh, it. You I get what I'm I saying to Know happened. a thing or two about farming. You no. brought it up, and that's like right, said, beef. Because industrial farming, yeah, it didn't stop with the tractor. Sorry, that's right. It went right. all the way to uh, unbelievable animal abuse and and complete. You know, uh, unsustainable patterns of farming that have mm-hmm. lowered the nutrient value of everything we okay. eat.
0: and so you're you're saying this has a, a an analog in that I mean a, a comparative that this may not be the right way to go at all. Period. In an, in any way, even well, though that's the way that it's going. Well, I
2: think that when you put greed above, you know, what is in the best interest of the collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're ultimately because we're all in the same boat, we're all gonna sink right At right. some point, you have to be able to factor in how actions are going to impact people, environment, other life, the whole, everything the, you know and I don't see any real evidence of that. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of greed, and, uh, and a lot of power mm-hmm. and a lot of, you know, testosterone, mm-hmm. but I don't see a lot of mindfulness mm-hmm. about how actions- How it all are- lists
0: together. So here, let's get back to this strike. You, at some point you have to settle. And I know you said the jig was up, but you eventually have to settle. What are the next steps from your perspective?
2: They don't want to talk to us, so there's no okay. next steps. We would have started talking the minute we said we're on strike. They're mm-hmm. punishing us, you know, okay. the land barons.
0: Okay, can they can they wait out the strike? A lot of people feel that they can. Who's they? Uh, the, the 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 studios can they wait I out can't a strike? for them. No, I but, do not know. I know, but you've got to be you've got to look at their their position if you're trying to. Leverage your their position.
2: position is to stonewall us. If their position was, you know what? they they have a point. Let's sit down and break bread. It could all be resolved. But to okay. say no, you can't be in that pocket, even though the other pocket has dwindled down by sixty six percent.
0: So how do you get them back? You have to at some point. um one one studio had told me they don't expect to settle until January. Uh, which is a long time from now. If then, listen, if they then.
2: said we wanna break the WGA. So that's their mentality. They're not they're not looking to work with us, they're looking to destroy us. So where's the resolution? Another None. person said, uh, you know, if people lose their homes, that, that is was a necessary a, evil. We put that on a whiteboard. I, I saw in that. In committee room.
0: A little bit of a blind quote, but I, I'm not sure. Do you think someone in real power said that? I've never well, heard a student. No,
2: no, no, This is when we were in right. the negotiating yeah. room.
0: Right, right. Oh, I see. Okay. so That's so correct.
2: Y- and we were in a, you know, like a cone of silence while we were in the negotiating room. Mm-hmm. Once the strike was declared, you know, we're allowed to speak.
0: So where is this resolution? Do you see any at this point?
2: Somebody is going to have to have character and courage. Somebody Mm -hmm. is going to have to say, we need to work with these people and not try and marginalize them or make them feel disrespected. We're doing something wrong if this Mm -hmm. is how they feel. When I entered this union and I saw the level of, uh, partisan dysfunction, Mm -hmm. I said, you know, this should never be, this Mm -hmm. has to be blamed on leadership because people are always going to fall into the obvious pit, you know, if if they're let loose. So you need very strong leadership. From the studios,
0: from the studios.
2: Within the union. Mm -hmm. To get out of the uber-partisanship. The only reason why I bring this up is because you need a breath of fresh air. You need somebody to say, we have to do it a different way. This isn't Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. It's not working. There's enough wealth for everyone. Yes, the model, you know, is still, you know, developing and growing. Mm -hmm. But we have to take the foundation upon which we are building this business along and with have, us, along and we have us. to make sure they're happy. All
0: right. So how do you hold your group together? And I'm just curious, I'm going to ask you two two part questions. Why can't SAG, WGA, and DGA find a way to combine into one guild? They are different needs, but the current system isn't working. And some people think one artist union should be explored. Have you heard for more power? Do you think well, about that?
2: Well, why do you say the current system isn't working? It, it doesn't necessarily. It's a, it, At some
0: point, your members or their members at WGA are going to start to feel the pressure you realize, you know, at some point, if it drags on and drags on, how do you combat that? I'm just saying if, as, if all three of you were going on strike right now, I think it would be more even more powerful. It's more powerful with the two of you on strike, for example.
2: The last thing I said to them was, now you couldn't make a deal with two unions. Congratulations. <laughs> and we got up and marched out. <laughs> I think that it was very difficult for uh, SAG and After to merge. Mm-hmm. It's- yeah. Difficult because they're different cultures, they're run differently, Mm -hmm. and they have different needs. Mm -hmm. We have an ongoing dialogue and a and we're mutually supportive of each other. Sure, sure. I think for the moment that's you know all we can think about at this point. All right.
0: What can fans do to support a strike? For example, should people not watch content now? I went to the Barbie premiere uh, last night in DC. It's a fantastic movie. By the way, Greta Gerwig was there as a director. Um, And people were asking me, what do SAG and WAJ want? And I said, I think they want you to still go to movies. But how do you look at that? Should people start to boycott content? Many people were asking me that.
2: Well, I say, think about Where you're spending your money and what companies you're supporting. Become mindful because otherwise it's very tough to win on behalf of the little guy. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you know, that well is going to run dry. They're going to run out of product.
0: They've got a lot of product, Fran.
2: Okay. I'm just, they have a lot of
0: nannies. They have a lot of seasons of the nanny, for example. Um, So when you, when you think about that, um, should people stop watching?
2: Um, I'm not really, I don't feel like I can talk about a strategic move to unilaterally Mm -hmm. get people to shut off their apps, Mm -hmm. but you know, People it,
0: can do what you they You didn't
2: want. say it first. Let's put it that yeah, way.
0: Yeah. OK. Last question. I'm curious. Do you want to run for office? Several people suggested that to me after that speech. It sounded um
2: I, political. I have been asked that so many times over the years. And, when and I know that. I'm in Washington, D.C. and I I have legislative success there. Um, you know, it's not really been the forum that I felt that I could leverage what I'm about, and my celebrity, uh, and my reach because it's so bureaucratic and so partisan. Um, so, you know, yeah, when people hear an authentic voice that makes sense to them, they want them to represent them. And I find that extremely compelling and flattering, you know, Uh, but, uh, I'm, I've always kind of vacillated about that because I felt like sometimes I have greater ability to speak freely outside of that than inside. So this is the end game right now. I'm, I'm not going to say this is the end game, but I'm a Buddhist and I try and stay present. So this is mm-hmm. the game now.
0: This is the game now. Are you hopeful or not hopeful at this moment? I'm very
2: hopeful. I'm very hopeful hopeful because our resolve is very strong.
0: Mm -hmm. Very last question. I'm sorry. What is a lech in a schmeck?
2: Is that correct? (laughs) Nothing with nothing is is the most uh, easy translation. Nothing
0: nothing for nothing. Nothing for nothing.
2: I mean, we got nothing nothing with nothing. Nothing with nothing.
0: All right. I really appreciate it. And again, your speech was quite something. I watched it about 10 times and it was really, it was very, my kids watched it. It was interesting. Thank Um, you. And they thought it was great. Anyway, good luck with your negotiations. I think it's a hard road for every single member on, that, it uh, is for you. It is. And I appreciate the time.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate your support and you have a great show and I'm proud to be on it. Thank you.
1: The fat cats. It's a revolution. Dystopia. It's a crossroads. Yes, she was. She didn't. She didn't disappoint. She did not disappoint. She said at the end. I mean, one of the things is before going into this conversation, we said Mm -hmm. the speeches to date have been performative, very strong language. We wanted to move past that in this conversation to the substance of the issues. Do Mm -hmm. you think we were able to do that?
0: Yeah, I do. I think she talked exactly what they want. They want a piece of the subscription pie yeah. in a very significant way. I think, you know, ultimately you have to do that performative stuff when you're in these negotiations. I do feel a lot of, as I talk to writers and actors, and I oddly enough met a very well-known actor on the train the other day, Michael Kelly, who played Doug Stamper in mm-hmm. House of Cards. And, you know, I think he he was explaining sort of how his career went. And I think everyone is very worried about the changing economics and the contracts have not been change. Now, the thing is, there's, is going to be less people just as it's happened all through many industries. And she's right. Maybe we should rethink that. I don't think they will because capitalism always wins. I think there are some fashion. A couple
1: of things. I mean, one, I think some people would see, see it as performative. I also think it's genuinely authentic. hundred percent. And I think the business solution is, yeah, get a percentage of the pie. The reason being, how can this industry, which is under the gun in some ways from social media, Mm -hmm. right? How can this industry have aligned incentives? How can it not be that we're at the negotiating table across from one another, but that Mm -hmm. we have we share in an incentive to grow the pie, which is, yeah. you know, genuinely, we've seen this in tech, we've seen this in Sure, elsewhere. sure. you know, giving but, equity but, to people is a good idea. But this idea. is
0: not the history of this industry. Of course This not. industry has been Hollywood moguls and the people beneath them. That's, yeah. and some stars. So and that's some really stars. been, that. um, and so I think in this new scheme, it's, it, you do have to cut and, and they're trying to get more efficient. And I agree with her that maybe we should think of a different way, but I, I don't agree with her, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think you everything might want moves. to look at the middle, the bloating middle of the yeah. executive side, not the, not the top. At some point, of, you stars. can't you cut anymore, but you certainly can cut a lot as as you move digitally, and that's the problem. And I think that's that's the real collision here is with tech companies, and it's still the fight, mm-hmm. and that, that they I think they're all threatened, both the companies, actors, and writers by the tech tsunami. Yeah. And that's, that's really what I don't think they get. And history isn't that instructive
1: here because I think there's very big difference now than say 20 years ago, both in terms of the connectivity of stars, mm-hmm. writers, creators to audiences. And um, audiences. Yeah. just the disintermediation of the gatekeeper, mm-hmm. which we talk about a lot. And then two, right now there's a sentiment. And I mean, she was articulating it very clearly, like mm-hmm. big businesses, fat, you know, fat cats, big business. There's a sentiment that, a few industrialists are keeping everyone else down. And I think these strikes are, tapping into the heart of
0: that. I, I agree. I have said that to very wealthy people about inequity. As mm-hmm. as, I, as you know, I say you either, uh, it figures this out in some humane way or you armor plate your Tesla. The problem mm-hmm. is they kind of want to armor plate their Teslas mm. and they don't mind. And I do think, you know, my heart is with Fran Drescher. My head is like, mm, maybe not. You're gonna, you may not win here. Anyway, yeah. we'll see. It's a really, it's a very complex situation and there's no easy answers here. And, but I thought she, she's, she's been, a, she's been an interesting leader for them, I I want to see what happens three yeah. months down the line when they the, the yelling doesn't work. You the non
1: part the, the part she said about the partisanship of the guild was really interesting. Was she throwing Andrea from nine hundred two one zero under the bus? no?
0: I, I don't know touches Andrea. Andrea. No, I think she's talking about unions can yeah. be that way.
1: And well, she was talking about her that. union in particular. The leadership of that union has led to a f- yeah. Well, back-wise. she's she's yeah.
0: run her own company. She doesn't make sense to her. Yeah, you know, and she's been caught in vaccine controversy. Yeah. She's been caught in a lot. Of, I mean. Everybody has something they're fighting over these days and yeah. so I think that's what she was talking about. And she doesn't think it 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 makes it sense. I think it must be hard to play the middle ground in this day and age as yeah. she talked about. I don't think it makes sense for everyone to get under one guild by the way.
1: I don't know. I, I, I think almost like a disaster it, the executives look a little weaker that they can't negotiate. I thought her line was great. It's like, yeah, no, you that was great. I can see two. her doing. T-
0: <laughs> now you can't reach to deal with two. I'm gonna go with a lekina Like oh, I can a schmexia. Sh- they must be like what? Like oh, <laughs> bring Andrea back. She seems so smart and brainy. Like because she's not gonna, she is not gonna give them one inch that she, that they aren't gonna pay for. And I kind of like that about her. Like she's like very honest.
1: That. Very honest. She told she us a is. lot about farming
0: she's told her death about call as, centers. They were a little bit controversial. You know, she did the whole wacky thing on the nanny. And, oh, I can't believe I just got locked in this closet. You know, that was like a plot for an entire episode, whatever. <laughs> she is as smart as they come <sighs> mm-hmm. in terms of creators, in terms of she ran the place, she created it, she executive yeah. produced it. She's a wise one, that Fran Drescher. She reminds me a little bit of Lucille Ball, like, right? Mm-hmm. Lucille Ball ran the fucking show and she was the show. And so that's where I'd put her in in the in the life. Lexicon just they seem kooky but you know they're not as kooky as they look
1: I don't even know she seems that kooky maybe I mean she's oh, like okay, she seems well kooky. you didn't watch the
0: nanny <laughs> okay we're gonna go watch the nanny read us out Kara yeah yeah okay um today's show was produced by Naeem Araza, Blakeney Schick, Christian Castor russell Megan Cunane, and Megan Burney special thanks to Mary Mattis Aaliyah Jackson engineered this episode and our theme music is by Trackademics. If you're already following the show, you're a fat cat, but the good kind. If not, the jig is up. Go wherever you listen to podcasts, search for On with Kara Swisher and hit follow. Thanks for listening to On with Kara Swisher from New York Magazine, the Vox Media Podcast Network and us. We'll be back on Monday with more. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of
1: tools to keep track of.